Well, hello and welcome to Wilson and Windsor's Libertadores podcast, a podcast in English exclusively dedicated to the greatest club competition in the world, the Commonwealth Libertadores, and of course, the Commonwealth Sudamericana as well. Myself, David Windsor, and Mr. Oliver Wilson uh, were, were, were chatting today and we were chatting and reacting to the draw for the last 16 of both competitions. Ollie, this was a rapid fire pod. We were shooting ideas out there. It's very raw, very off the cuff. And uh, listen, Sudamericana, potentially more exciting than Libertadores in the last 16. I don't want to be that guy, but that is exactly what I be said straight after the be draw. That guy. It, without a doubt, the Commonwealth Sudamericana round of 16 draw is one of the most interesting and potentially entertaining draws that could have come up. And it, it is so much more exciting than the Libertadores draw, which is amazing. The Libertadores felt like a damp squib as they were pulling those teams out. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, that's a nice one. Oh, that's that's an interesting one. But to pull <laughs> out what they pulled out first off, oh, gets the, gets the heart Say racing. <laughs> I think, for me, the Libertadores draw is one that you think, oh, some of those quarterfinals and semifinals are going to be cracking. But with the Sudamericana draw, it was like, oh my God, it's 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 now. It's the Nacional Peñarol. It's, um, yeah, it's... It's, uh, it's Gremio yeah, uh, Liga yeah, de Quito. It's IDV yeah. Arben Bragantino. It's, it's Santos Independiente. I mean, that they all <laughs> sound, even to people that might not know too much about South American sure. football, almost all of those ties sound fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, Ollie and I are going to, we'll do a proper breakthrough, of course, in early July and really go into the ins and the outs of uh, all the clubs involved and the ties and everything like that. But uh, this was just a, a little bite-sized pod to, to whet the appetite, to react, to get you in, in the mood. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the pod. Pulling it back to the edge of the box. Oh, that is an absolute scorcher. Matthias Enrique has never scored in continental competitions. He has now. Aranga pulls the trigger and delivers on Binacional's Libertadores debut. They lead against Sao Paulo. A racing club look like they're going to be the only Argentinian side to win in week one of the Copa Libertadores group stage. Listen to the draws as they came out. Great. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Okay, straight off the bat, Ollie, what were your thoughts? Because mine were two awesome ties, six really interesting ties, and I thought Flamengo and Palmeiras will both look at it and they'll be delighted not to be uh, on the same side of the draw. But what, what were your first thoughts when it all came out? Genuinely, thank goodness we don't have a, is it going to be River Bocker in the final? And we don't even have mm -hmm. a, is it going to be River Bocker in the semi-final? That mm -hmm. game is going to get snuffed out before a, a River Bocker uh, knockout game in the Libertadores is always big anyway. That game, if it's going to take place, is snuffed out of the quarterfinal stage. It doesn't quite mean as much as being like a last step to Gloria return or anything. I think it it doesn't, but don't worry about that. We'll still spend a fair we'll chunk it. of the coming months <laughs> yeah, building up to it. But I I think there's a, a couple of duff ones in this. Mm -hmm. I think there is one awesome tie that I'm really interested in. And I think there's a few that are, are very naughty indeed that could be quite, uh, okay. could be quite tasty. 
<laughs> okay, uh, let, let me read through them then. Defensa Justicia Flamengo, Olimpia Internacional, Cerro Porteño Fluminense, Vélez Barcelona, Boca Atletico Mineiro, River Argentinos Juniors, Universidad Católica will take on Palmeiras, and Sao Paulo Racing. Let's start at the top then, Oli. Is it the pick of the pick of the ties, Defensa Justicia against Flamengo? We've got the 2019 champions, Flamengo, against the comparable Sudamericana champions, of course, Defensa Justicia. It's a goal fest, my friend. It is definitely going to be a goal fest except for if it was taking place next week i would genuinely struggle to work out if defensor justicia really had a chance in this game or not because on the initial draw i was like that's not great for flamengo because they've struggled defensively in this tournament so far and they haven't looked like they've had any sort of cohesion at the back and the one thing that defensor justicia do well is that they attack very well and I, I would say that Flamengo don't have as good an attack at the moment as Palmeiras do. So I would say that perhaps defensive justicia. But no, but they have done, and they faced the best that Brazil has to offer. So I actually mm. think, I think, on initial glance, defensive justicia have a very good chance of pulling off a big upset. However, there is a lot of time between now and this game taking place. And a lot of time for deeper thought and an inspection into it. And obviously, squads can change with the departures from Defensor Justicia that we've mentioned in the past, with the loans that they've got coming in and could have, uh, sorry, got going out and could have coming in between now and then. So it could be a really interesting tie and squad that Becca Sese has at his disposal. But if Flamengo can get through it, Oli. I mean, it, it's a road to the final that they will really, really fancy, I think. To, to be in that half of the draw where there's no Boca, there's no River, there's no Palmeiras, all of which in the bottom half of the draw, like, I think they're going to really, really like the look of that. Okay. Uh, Olympia, <laughs> yeah, what were you going to say? No, no, I was just going to say that there's one tie that is probably as equally big, I think, to, I agree. Uh, to this and in I, the draw. I'm sure, I'm sure we're on yeah, the we'll same Yeah, we'll be page. on the same, yeah. We'll, we'll be there very shortly. Olympia Internacional. Listen, five titles between them. Is it a bit of a damp squib because they both qualified from Group B? We've kind of seen it before. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it really is. It's, it's frustrating, and we're going to say the same about another tie later on, mm. that these two sides know each other quite well. Again, things will change. I'd say Inter are very lucky to get this tie as well. I think they've avoided some potential pitfalls in the second-place sides that they could have had, and I think Juan Angel Ramirez will be very pleased to be playing a side that he knows his side can beat very well indeed. I, well, I think it's I mean, a tough one for Olympia. So, What was it, 6-1 and then 1-0 in the two games yeah. between them in Group B? So, I mean, yeah, that there's going to be a lot of confidence um, a lot of confidence there. Sarah Porteño against Fluminense. Um, and I was just going to say that Sarah, one of the very few sides in the draw that have never reached the final. But what do you think about this one? Well, I'll just correct my statistics. I'll scribble down. It's all good. A slight damp squib, this one, feels to me. I don't yet trust Fluminense, despite being a very good side in the group stage. But it was a weird group, particularly with the things that happened to River Plate during the uh, during the group stage. And Sarah Porteño, we've seen a array of hope with them in the last couple of group games. They've, they've definitely improved as the tournament's gone on. But this is one that it won't be a if it's on at one thirty in the morning UK time. I'm probably not going to be staying up for it. I mean, wouldn't you back Fred to, you know? Like probably get the yeah, job done. I think done. they're a better side. I think they're a better side. Yeah, Fluminense. So, so we'll see. I mean, you know, you don't really fancy the Paraguayans anyway. Vélez Barcelona meeting for the first time. 
again, it's one. There's a lot of ties already, Ollie, in the last 16 that you look at and you think that both sides will fancy, right? And a lot of the quote unquote smaller sides outside that River Boca, Palmeiras, Flamengo will look at it and be like, this is a great chance to get to the quarterfinals against a similarly matched opponent. And maybe Vélez Barcelona is one of those. I genuinely think this this is the hipster's choice of the round. This could be one of the most okay. entertaining two-leg affairs. Vélez have really impressed and been very kind of uh, no guts, no glory, gung-ho at times. And as we've said, they've got a, a wonderful mix of young and old and plenty of people to both provide goals and, and finish them as well. Barcelona, one of the standouts in the group. And as you say, both sides will be licking their lips at the opportunity to take on each other. I think they're actually fairly evenly matched and could be a really interesting 180 minutes of football. It's it's a tough one to pick straight off the bat. I don't know if you would lean towards Barcelona a little bit more, perhaps? Probably, yeah. Just because of what they did in the group stages, was impressed was impressed by them there, meeting for the first time actually in the Libertadores in this clash. So, And the ties, I should say, uh, are going to be played in the, the middle of July. So I think it's the, the third and second week or the third and fourth week after the Copa America, of course, wraps up. Um, the bottom half of the draw... Oli Boko against Atletico Minero. Is this the other one <laughs> that you really like? I mean, I think it's a fabulous draw. So many, so many aspects to it. Um, Kuka looking to knock out Boca Juniors for the second time in two years. That's maybe the big kind of strand to take away from this. And and also Boca were just poor in the group stages, as were River as well, you know. And I, I think if you if you hadn't watched any of the groups and you look at the bottom half of the draw, you think, oh wow, this is a really, this is a really, really tough bottom half of the draw. But, but the reality is, you know, this isn't the Bokken River of a few years ago. Arguably, it's the worst squad both of them have had in years. So if you're Atletico Minero, I think you're looking at this and you're thinking, hey, we can put out Boca, then we can put out River all of a sudden we're in the semifinals. Either way, Boca, Atletico Minero, great draw. It's an awesome tie. It's kind of difficult to predict still, but the, the solidity that Atletico Minero played with in the group stage... I'd be very worried as a Boca fan. Very worried indeed. And to be honest, if I'm an Atletico Minero fan, again, this part of the draw for them, they're avoiding any other big Brazilian opposition until yeah. potentially the semi-finals. It, it's very nice for them. It's, yeah. that There's a few strands going through this, as you say, in terms of the storylines. But I think one of the biggest storylines is just Boca in their infinite uh, lack of hubris, shall we say? will mm. still fancy themselves as favourites, which means a whole lot of pressure on themselves taking on a very good side, which is always interesting. River against Argentinos Juniors, two former champions, two sides from Buenos Aires. I mean, what can you say about this one? It's, I guess, whenever clubs from the same nation face each other, it does lack a little bit of something in continental competitions. But I think River will be pretty pleased, Ollie. They haven't got, you know, they haven't got to face one of the big boys from Brazil. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the prospect of a Boca River quarterfinal. It's the best group winner they could have had, in my opinion. Mm. Without a doubt. It's a get out of jail free card for Gachado in this first round well, of the competition. Are you going you with the better that? the devil you know kind of thing? Well, what, what do you mean by that? Just the fact that they've avoided the Brazilians? They've they've avoided any big sides. It's It's the best team that they could have been drawn against and I would fully expect River Plate to go on and, and beat them. Argentina's mm. juniors were good in a pretty poor group. Poor group. But they they were good. You give them credit, 
But I don't think you give them that much credit against a Riverside that's going to have, in theory, this summer to get themselves sorted and readjusted. And, you know, I think I think for Gashada, we, that gets them through. We're not going to have the chaos, Oli, are we? That River had at the group stages where a really unsettled side, you know, hit by COVID, you know, bizarre, bizarre situation with Enzo Perez and goal, blah, 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 blah. I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a more settled side if you're in the last 16. David Although, Winter putting the kiss of death on River Plate's well, chances and the uh, the health of their squad going into the second half of the year. Is that okay? <laughs> Uh, the statistic I was stumbling over earlier was that there's only two sides in the last 16 that have never reached a Libertadores final before. Defensa Justicia and Serra Porteño. Um, moving on, Universidad Católica against Palmeiras. The first thing I WhatsApped you, Oli, was can you still get Palmeiras at 6-1? to one? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I quite like that. I mean, I would have liked, I would have fancied them no matter what the draw was. But I quite like this. I quite like the bottom half of the draw for them. And uh, I looked and you actually, they, the odds aren't currently available. So I don't know whether the bookies are behind the scenes, just scratching a few things out and, and, and creating a few more odds. But either way, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a free hit for Universidad Católica. No one expects them to do anything. The defending champions should cruise through. I just hope Católica put down some plastic lino in their dressing rooms, both home and away, because it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> it's going to be brutal. That could get out of hand over two legs if Palmeiras come to play. Could really get out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could see them getting double figures over two legs. Yeah. You really could. Um, And then Sao Paulo against Racing wraps it up. Uh, both qualified from Group E. It wasn't particularly high scoring, was it, in the group? Racing nil, Sao Paulo nil. And then Sao Paulo nil, Racing won in the reverse fixture. Again, I mean... It's one of those, Ollie. We've seen them play each other in the group, so it would have been nice for something a little bit new, a little bit different, but uh, it is what it is. I think it's slightly more entertaining in terms of group stage football is different to knockout stage football, so we should see both of these sides playing a slightly different game. Uh, Peter Coates did... We were having a quick chat after the draw, and he said, oh, Racing, they, they don't play attractive football, which I think is a bit of a discredit because I think they're just a team that know how to defend very well. And I mm -hmm. think in modern day football, we start calling that being ugly and negative. And I think that's just knowing your strengths and having a great foundation. I mean, it's been lobbied at Boca Juniors by, by people that don't perhaps watch as much South American football and catch an odd game of Boca and are like, oh, it's boring. They're not very good, are they? It's like, no, they just know what they're good at. And there are areas further up the pitch that they haven't got polished yet. We've said that time and time again. I think Racing are probably the same. I think for Sao Paulo, Crespo needs to now get them playing better football than we saw in the group stage. Crespo mm -hmm. needs to get them playing how Defensor Justicia were uh, last season, perhaps. But yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's a good tie still. It's an interesting one, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's loads to to really get into and um the Wilson and Windsor podcast will of course give you a really kind of detailed breakdown of all these ties, Ollie, a few days before it kicks off. And I should confirm that actually to be played the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth of July, and then the week later on the twentieth, twenty first and twenty second of July. I suggest, but you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe the Copper America will move around slightly and we'll we'll wait and see how that one unravels. It's got a habit but... of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of interest, have you got a big takeaway from any of this? Like a big a little gutsy prediction or, or something bold or anything? Back Flamengo at the start, still back in Flamengo. But if someone's offering me Palmeiras to defend the title at six to one, Ollie, I'm not putting five pounds on it. I'm going right. big. <laughs> <laughs> because it is 
That is a hell of a bet. Six to one would be saying if the tournament was played six times from here, Palmeiras would only win it one in six times. I don't think that's the case. I think if it's played yeah. six times, they win it two or three times. So, uh, yeah, let's wait and see how the odds are. But really, really exciting. Okay, here's one for you. Velez or Barcelona will be the only non-Brazilian side in the semi-finals. One of those two. Be the only non-Brazilian side. Which isn't that ballsy. But I also think it... Yeah, that's a weak quarter, isn't it? Mm. That's a weak quarter. Whoever wins that has got a good chance against either Sarah or Flynn. dive into a little bit of the uh, where the action actually was where it all got very exciting because honestly the exclamation marks were coming out on the live tweets as well I've, awesome. I've genuinely never sat and watched a watched a, a live draw and been so entertained almost straight from the get-go the comic ball sudamericana draw taking place before the Libertadores, it's probably a more important competition, so that's probably why they did it that way. And my goodness, it just did not let us down straight from the get-go. The first two teams pulled out of the bag are Peñarol and Nacional. We get the Clásico from Uruguay to start it. it. I mean, if that doesn't get you buzzing, I don't know what does. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. Again, this is kind of Ollie and I recording this pretty soon after the draw, but um, I just even had a quick read through of the Nacional Peñarol rivalry. First time they met each other was, uh, you know, 1900. And uh, it, it just, yeah, I mean, it's it's the oldest derby outside of the UK. I That's think, incredible. I didn't... Well, we'll do a whole we'll do a whole profile on it um, sort of nearer the time because it is an absolute cracker. Are you a little bit sad that they're facing each other now, as in because we know the finals in Montevideo. If they'd been on opposite sides of the draw, I'm not saying it would have happened, but it would have just kept that subplot. No, because I think it's good to, in a tournament that is so difficult to predict compared to, I think, the Libertadores to some extent. I think it's great. The round of 16, these draw, this draw is great for the way not only we've got a lot of big ties, but there's some Cinderella stories that are going to potentially run through another round of this tournament. And then it sets up some really good quarterfinals and semifinals elsewhere. Let's keep going through the draw and I'll, I'll explain as we go further because the next teams that came out were Arby Bragantino, the Brazilian side who got through so late on that we discussed on the supplementary podcast that was lost to the ages, unfortunately, most of that. <laughs> uh, but they were... Combination of hangovers and technology and... Uh, yeah. We're on yeah, a knife yeah. edge recording this one this evening, to be honest. We're still not sure if everything's <laughs> going to be okay. But they will take on Independiente Del Valle. Which is a nice draw, I think, for Independiente Del Valle in that it's probably not one of the best sides in the uh, Commonwealth Sudamericana coming out in terms of the group winners. They avoided Gremio. That's the side that everybody wanted to kind of avoid. But also, it's still a Brazilian side. It's still going to be a test for Independiente Del Valle. And we'll get to see how seriously they take it coming out of the Libertadores. Up next. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a great draw for them, isn't it? For Independiente. I... It... Yeah, it's a great draw. As we've said, I think. Uh, granted, I haven't watched every minute of. of um, <laughs> no, no, no. But it's... you know the energy drink doing their business, but <laughs> the energy drink. <laughs> but it's the it's the demotivating factor of dropping out of the Libertadores, which in this round of sixteen you can get at those teams. I think. 
I think it, there's okay. that black cloud that hangs over their heads, particularly a side like Santos, who came out of the draw next. So we've already had two decent ties coming out, and then they draw Independiente, the King of Cups, two of the biggest sides on the continent going head-to-head against each other in a Brazil-Argentina clash. I mean... Look, Independiente are not pretty to watch and they stumble and bumbled their way through the group stage in the end and we were kind of denied Montevideo City Torque and that opportunity for them to, perhaps in their first Sudamericana, make the round of 16. But to take on then a side like... And we know one of our listeners... <laughs> sorry, Ollie, we know one of our listeners will be bitterly disappointed at that as well. <laughs> but to then get a draw against Santos... And for me, I don't know what Santos side is going to turn up in the Scomibol Sudamericana. And it's really difficult to work out how they're actually going to fall against a, a side with a, as big a reputation as anybody on the continent. Just the 10 Libertadores titles between the pair, Oli? Yeah. I mean, how about that for a Sudamericana <laughs> round of 16? Taste it. Then we have the Colombians of America de Cali taking on Atletico Paranaense, which I think, again, a side dropping out of the Libertadores having to deal with a, a big Brazilian side that was slow to start, but have only conceded one goal in this tournament so far. And... America de Cali, not exactly renowned for banging the goals in. I think this is one where the interesting thing for me in this tie, in this round, is how well do the Sudamericana winners of the groups do against the Libertadores dropouts? And this is one where I definitely see actually the Sudamericana side potentially being the favourite going into this game. Interesting. Yeah. Then we ended up with, I mean, this is, there are so many ties in this round of 16 that look like they could be a Libertadores quarterfinal tie. Liga de Quito against Gremio comes out the bag. If you're Liga de Quito, how frustrated are you to, to have not got through into the round of 16 in the Libertadores and then you end up drawing this Gremio side that is treating this competition under Thiago Nunez so seriously, so seriously. Barely put out a week inside until the, la- until the last round of the group stage. Really interesting. I mean, there's three of these eight ties are between two former winners of the Libertadores, right? Mm. So, I mean, that's unbelievable. And there's, there's uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And that, that, as you say, everything that I've seen statistically outside looking in on Gremio and everything that you told me about them suggests they, you know, in many ways they'll be the favourites for this competition just because they got the momentum from the group stages. They're taking it super seriously. Uh, yeah, that, so that's going to be... But li- listen, Liga de Quito, um, you know, they could they, there, were, there were moments in the group stages where Liga de Quito looked really good, I thought. And it was only a couple of late goals against Flamengo, which we talked about on uh, a couple of days ago on the on the latest pod, that really prevented them from from going through. So, yeah, uh, cracking, cl- cracking. Clash. And then the last three clashes. I mean, there's another big one with Junior against Libertad, which again are two teams that you could definitely see at least in a Libertadores group stage tie next year at some point. Uh, Junior will be desperately frustrated to have been knocked out of the competition out of the Libertadores at the stage that they're at and Libertad were desperately frustrated to have not made it through the qualifying stage there's a there's a bone to pick and still it's an arduous task for either side to take on each other I think in the uh, round of 16 here mm. yeah I, Ollie opta Dave I'm not but I've just I've just scribbled only only four of the 16 clubs have never reached either a Libertadores or a Sudamericana final. Loving the research on this. Only four of them. Loving. Well, well research, I mean, scribbling away with the... Yeah, and that's Red Bull, Bragantino, Deportivo Tachio, Rosario Central, and Libertad. So, you know, the other 12 sides have played in a final. 
of the Sudamericana. Yeah, it, it's such a it's such a good group of games. And then we have the last two, which is Deportivo Tachira end up getting Rosario Central and Sporting Cristal take on Arsenal Saramandi, uh, the Argentinian side. And for me, these are the two Cinderella story ties because I think Arsenal squeezed in on match day six into the knockout stage. Rosario Central two were late bloomers in the group stage of the Comebol Sudamericana and came and took that group away from Huachipato on match day six. And Deportivo Tachira down drop down into the Sudamericana is a success story for them and they'll want to see how far they can go and similarly for Sporting Cristal there's something about this Sporting Cristal side in that the number of chances they created and Washington Cardoso couldn't finish 90% of them if he sticks half of them away they're a far more competitive side in the Libertadores this year than they actually looked coming out of the group stage so there are four sides here that will all be desperate to make a quarterfinal because none of them were probably expected to make a quarterfinal in this competition mm-hmm. or in the Libertadores at any point. And so we're going to get to see those stories run on. Outside looking in, Ollie, someone will look at the Nacional Peñarol and be like, that's that's the one, that's, that's the standout fixture, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the derby. But which, which tie do you think will be the most entertaining over two legs? Entertainment-wise, I think it'll be Liga de Quito against Gremio. It's either that or the Independiente del Valle against RB Bragantino. But when you look at the way the draws set up with the the Clasico followed by either Sporting Cristal or Arsenal, that's for Peñarol, that could be, considering the way they've played in this tournament so far, albeit they were a little sluggish in match day six, they'll be thinking semi-finals at least at that point. Then... The likelihood is we're going to end up with Gremio against Atletico Paranaense in an all-Brazilian quarterfinal before Gremio probably take that. Peñarol Gremio is a classic Libertadores matchup. And then IDV will fancy their chances if they get past Albi Bragantino. They've got Tachira or Rosario Central after that. And if they can then get to the semifinals, they'll meet Junior or Libertad who face, who face off against the winner of Santos or Independiente. And I wouldn't bank on any of them any of those four could take out the other the most exciting final is either Nacional or Peñarol against Independiente right like if it could happen the king of cups playing just across the water in Montevideo against Nacional or Peñarol in their backyard like that's, that I mean that is a, that's the combo final ages, that. that's the combo yeah we can set our stall out on that and sell that really well I but I think the most entertaining final could be a Peñarol Independiente del Valle final and there's a chance for that with no Brazil or Argentinian sides as well